We're Dr. Gary and Barb Rosberg, America's Family Coaches, and today we're going to coach you up. And for many of you, this is going to take you back to a stage of life where change occurred, and in that change, maybe a dream faded. For others of you, you feel like that's right around the corner. You just, you're sensing it. Uh, you're kind of seeing some rumbling on the horizon. You've got kind of a, uh, just a discernment that something may be coming that may be altering uh, your life and maybe your lifestyle. And this will be, if you will, kind of a, a primer on trying to help uh, prepare you for what's coming. And others are right smack dab in the middle of it. And this is going to be a little bit like throwing you a life raft uh, to just give you some perspective so that you can go, aha, we're not the only ones. You're not the only ones. All of us are at the same place where there is change going on, Gary. And we learned of this writing by a woman by the name of Katherine Nielsen. She wrote about it, and it's called When a Dream is Taken Away. And so, Barbara, let's just kind of go back and forth and just highlight some of this, because this really is a, a tender, insightful uh, commentary in this article. She begins by writing, We'd finally arrived We'd achieved the American dream. After 12 years of marriage, my husband and I pulled the moving truck into the drive of what we believed would be the last place we'd live. Four bedrooms, two and a half baths, a pool, and a yard the size of a small city wrapped in a six-foot fence was finally ours. We painted, recarpeted, remodeled, and perfected our new home. Our children would enjoy the childhood I had only dreamed of with a neighborhood full of kids to play with, a pool hopping in the hot summer sun. God had really blessed us. And she goes on to say, however, what started out as the American dream quickly became the American nightmare. Gas prices soared, property taxes rose, the price of food climbed to new heights. We never missed a mortgage payment, but we were barely making it. What was God doing? Hadn't he blessed us in this house? She continues, Obsessed with money, we lost sleep, and we lost our joy. Our marriage suffered, and so did our kids. We'd become enslaved to our white-carpeted castle, so we cut back, but soon realized more drastic measures were required. We needed to downsize and move. At 30-something and with two kids, downsizing was an unheard-of concept. Still, we knew what we had to do. Six days after the sign went into the yard, the house sold. We knew moving was God's desire for us, but it still shocked us. She continues, what now? Where was he taking us? And so began the arduous process of looking for a home while temporarily living with family. Not an ideal situation, but one we found ourselves in nonetheless. We spent weeks looking for a home that would suit our needs. In the end, God took us back to our old neighborhood in the heart of a town where the noise and traffic are never far away. While most people yearn to get out of the craziness of the city, we moved right back into the middle of it. You know, at times we felt like Noah, readying our house in a neighborhood deemed unsafe while those around us mocked us and questioned. It didn't matter. That first night in our new home, the four of us slept in the same room, and for the first time in years, I felt like I was home. And she writes, the house we left was beautiful, yes, but take out the people and you reduce it to just that, a house. Home has become synonymous with people, not things, simplicity, not debt, and most important, a place where God's voice is not crowded out by acquiring objects of no eternal value. This is is our dream. Yeah, Barb, what a poignant story. I mean, it reminds me of Michael, the 
young man that I worked with during the floods of Iowa in 1993. And the river flooded and this young man lost his home and I was working in a homeless shelter uh, with families. And, uh, and I was talking to him, he was in shock. And I just said, how are you doing having lost your home? And he said, I haven't lost my home. And I said, no, hon, son, you lost your, your, your home. And he said, no, that was my house. And then he looked at me and said, Dr. Gary, a house is where you live. A home is where you're loved. He said, this is my home. And we were sitting in the gymnasium uh, and he was on a cot. And I thought, you know what? The resilience in that child's heart that he understood he was with his family, his family was safe. That was home. And Barb, there was a family that lost their home. Here's a family in this story that gave up their home to downsize, or we call it right size, in order to make a decision. And you know what? It put them back into a sense of living within boundaries and and gave them the resiliency back in their family. And you know what? It took courage for this family to do that. And yet when a dream dies, a new dream is born. But you know what? Until we take that risk and really start to set those boundaries, we never experience the blessing. You know, years ago, we wrote a book called Guard Your Heart. And in the book, we talked about how possessions can possess you. Yeah. I mean, they own you. You become the slave to paying back the bank and so many of these things. And today's economy is so quickly changing. It's difficult to maneuver. So when you realize that maybe you're at the the threshold of change and maybe your dream is about to die or is dying, as we've talked about, getting on the other side of it, once you release so much of it, you realize that all along it was a burden. All along it was a weight that you were carrying. All along you were a slave to something that you didn't even imagine. And when you get on the other side of it, you realize how much you do have in the simplicity of what you have, and then you begin to guard your mind and your heart against the wanting, the wanting to acquire more, the wanting to have brand new. I mean, standing standing back and realizing that you probably have everything you need and how much more. Gary, you and I travel internationally. We speak on conferences all around the world on marriage and family and relationships and keeping family priority. And folks, there, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So when you stand back and you think about what you have and where you've been, and we go to these countries and we stand back and no matter what, we as Americans have so much more than what the rest of the world has, but perhaps much of it is a burden. We don't need so much because when you keep your family number one, when you seek to keep your family number one in a world full of chaos and everything's trying to be first on first place, first priority, it's business, it's all this acquiring more. But no, when you come back to keeping your marriage first and your family first, then in reality, you don't need a lot more than that. You know, Barb, our friend Dave Ramsey, we've had him on our program in the in past, and he uh, uh, authored uh, Financial Peace University, and he's on television, he's on radio. And when people start to drill down on, you know what, Gary Barb, I want to right-size, I want to downsize, I want to change my lifestyle, I want to learn how to get out of debt, I want to you know, learn how to do this. We always refer him back to Dave. And, um, and again, we don't know him well, we've met him a couple of times, but he does a great job 
at structuring, if you will, the right-sizing of a family and helps a family begin to have hope. He's doing it with military families. He's done it you know, all across the country. And so we would really encourage you to go to Financial Peace University and learn more about what Dave's doing and get his resources and get into that kind of strategy and surround yourself with people that will help you have the courage um, to begin to release some things in order to reestablish some boundaries in your own families. Uh, you know, Barb, I, I have to go back. We visited Ronald and uh, Nancy Reagan's ranch a number of years ago. It was a small group of people, and we were in their home at the ranch, and, it, and not a lot of people get to go visit that, and we had a friend that brought us there. And we were in their bedroom, and I, I'll never forget, I've got a picture of it on my iPhone, and, and we're literally in Ronald and Nancy Reagan's little bedroom in this little cottage on a little lake where he would go out and cut trees and ride around in a tractor. And, and there were two little ties, like you would put around a garbage sack, around this old, old metal two single beds that they had pulled together to make, I can't think, kind of a queen-size bed. And um, every night the Secret Service would come in and they would move a little chest underneath uh, President Reagan's feet because his feet hung over. And they would say, President Reagan, we can get you a new bed. And he said, no, this one still works. I don't need a new one. And, and I remember talking to the curator there, and she said, he grew up in a time where you didn't just accumulate stuff, you just didn't replace stuff. Things lasted, and you continued to use them. And that is such a poignant example of what we're coaching you up on today. You know what, folks? We don't need more stuff. What at the end of the day we need is more connection, more security, more resiliency. And sometimes that means we need to allow a dream to die so that a new dream can be born that gives us greater structure and security in our families. We're Dr. Gary and Barb Ross. Go to americasfamilycoaches.com to let us know what you think about today's topic.